thank you for being here this weekend as we continue Calm the Chaos. You know, uh, Linda's grandfather, Arnold Scarber, was a cattle rancher in West Texas. He moved to Midland from New York State in the 1920s and started his ranch. Mr. Scarber was a hardworking, down-to-earth, no-nonsense, friendly man. He was fairly successful in what he did, and like most grandfathers, he loved his grandchildren, and he wanted to pass on an inheritance to them. So he took a significant portion of money and invested it on their behalf. Now, you might think a rancher from the Permian Basin would choose to invest in oil. After all, that's where the money really is. But not Arnold Scarber. That was way too risky. He wanted something stable, something certain, something secure, something his grandkids could count on. So he invested his money in the most stable thing he could think of. First National Bank of Midland, Texas. It was a rock of Gibraltar. Bank stocks certainly didn't have the potential for growth like the oil and gas industry, but he knew he could count on it. That is, until oil dropped to the unheard of price of $8 a barrel in the early 1980s and First National Bank of Midland that had underwritten the oil industry of West Texas collapsed overnight. And Mr. Scarber and his grandkids lost $500,000. And we all learned an important lesson. Nothing in this world is certain. And if you think it is, you're headed for chaos. You know, we all want to build our lives on a foundation that won't shift. We want something we can count on, something we can depend on, something that won't change. But it seems like there isn't much that falls into those kinds of categories these days. Money isn't certain. Mr. Scarber's story teaches us that, but we've learned it in our own lifetime. In what is known as the Great Recession, from December of 2007 to June of 2009, the subprime mortgage crisis led to the collapse of the United States housing bubble, leading to the failure of many of, uh, of the United States' largest financial institutions. Maybe you lost money in the Great Recession. Politics isn't certain. We've just lived through one of the most historic presidential elections in U.S. history. And the aftermath clearly shows that some Americans are shocked and uncertain about what this means for their future. Regardless of how you feel about this election, no one saw this coming. World peace isn't certain. One British-based news organization reports that there are only 10 countries in the world that are free from conflict, saying we are now further away from world peace than at any time in the past 10 years. And people aren't certain. 
Which one of us hasn't been let down by someone we know? Which of us hasn't failed to live up to someone else's expectations of us? And that's completely understandable because we all have our own issues. We're full of fear and needs and wants and hurts of all kinds. No wonder the world is a mess. We're a mess. Add all of these together and we live in a very uncertain, chaotic world. And it's kind of a sad state of affairs if you think about it. How are we supposed to respond to a world like this? How are we supposed to respond to this kind of sadness? Well, psychologists tell us that there are two basic responses that any of us make to sadness. One is anger. Interestingly enough, anger can actually feel good. Because it releases hormones called catecholamines that produce energy in us. But it's a cheap alternative because anger doesn't actually deal with our sadness. It allows us to create our own version of the truth in our head. And this in turn allows us to feel self-righteous, to blame someone else for the situation we're in, and to stay mad. In other words, anger doesn't solve the thing that caused the sadness. It just leads to more chaos. A second response to sadness is disappointment. Now, disappointment just sounds bad. I mean, who wants to go around being disappointed all the time? Disappointment, unlike anger, never feels good. And yet psychologists tell us that disappointment is actually a healthier response uh, to the things that make us sad because it takes our sadness seriously. Disappointment admits that what we hoped for didn't work out, that what we desired will not be fulfilled as we thought. And disappointment has a certain finality to it, which allows you and me to move on and create something new. But the problem with disappointment is that it erodes our confidence, And that in itself can lead to more chaos. If the person that I counted on failed me, then how do I know that someone else won't fail me? Well, to be honest, you don't know others won't fail you. But the goal isn't to avoid disappointment. The goal is to learn to maintain your confidence in the face of it. And that's what I want to talk about today. How can we remain confident when others disappoint us? And to answer the question, I'd like us to look at how Jesus handled disappointment. Jesus and his 12 closest followers, also called disciples, shared a relationship that was unique in Jewish culture. When a teacher known as a rabbi agreed to have a group of disciples follow him, it literally meant that they tagged along with him everywhere he went. Disciples wanted to follow their rabbi so closely that they were known to say, may the dust of our rabbi cover us. Now y'all think about it. That's following your rabbi pretty closely when the dust from his shoes gets on you. 
It meant that they ate what he ate, slept where he slept, and did what he did. They shared every part of their lives together. Being a disciple was almost like being the member of a gang. Now, naturally, we would expect that the disciples would be completely loyal to Jesus at all times. But that's not how it went down. On the night of Jesus' arrest, trial, and crucifixion, Judas, one of his disciples, betrayed him. Peter, his closest disciple, denied him. And all of his disciples abandoned him. Talk about disappointment with people. How could it have been worse? Yet amazingly, none of this seemed to phase Jesus. Disappointment didn't cause him to doubt God, lose sight of his mission, or lose confidence in his followers. In fact, just a couple of weeks later, he installed Peter as the leader of his whole enterprise. How was Jesus able to maintain his confidence in the face of such tragic disappointment? Well, it had something to do with understanding that nothing in this world is certain. On the night of his death, before he was arrested, Jesus made three foundational statements that revealed the basis for his confidence. And I'd want us, I want us to look at what he said because they indicate uh, the key to remaining confident when others disappoint us. So let's spend the rest of this talk looking at the three statements that Jesus made on the night that he was arrested, tried, and crucified. First, Jesus told his disciples, this very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. You know, when we go through difficult situations, one of the questions we all ask is, why is this happening to me? Well, Jesus was no different. But he understood why his disciples would abandon him because Jesus saw the bigger picture and he got it from the scriptures. You see, when he said, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered, he was quoting Zechariah 13, 7, one of the Old Testament prophets. In other words, Jesus could completely handle the disappointment of his own disciples abandoning him because Zechariah had already predicted over 500 years earlier that this event would happen. And because Jesus read the scriptures, he knew this. He wasn't taken by surprise. You know, one of the primary reasons we keep trying to get you to develop the habit of reading the scriptures on a daily basis is that they help you answer questions about your life. The scriptures help you understand you. And this is crucial if you want to live with confidence in the midst of your chaos. Because the scriptures ease the disappointment of an unexpected surprise. You know, I have to tell you, with all that has transpired at City Church in the last couple of months, it's been challenging. But some of you may know that each year I follow a plan on you version to read the Bible cover to cover. 
So although I'm just following a predetermined plan that says read this portion of scripture on this day, the readings during these last two months have been spot on and they've helped ease the disappointment in my own life. And it's not coincidental. Because nothing in this world is certain. But the Bible doesn't fall into that category because its editor isn't of this world. The scriptures are the word of God. And that's why I want you to read them. Because just like they help Jesus maintain confidence in the chaos, they'll help you too. Jesus' second foundational statement was this. You will all leave me alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. You know, when others disappoint us, that's when we need to lean into our relationship with an unchanging God. You know, one of the facts about Jesus is that he remained in constant contact with his heavenly Father. He always consulted him before he made major decisions, uh, whenever his life was under pressure, when his work exhausted him. And that's what he did in the face of the disciples' disappointing behavior. This is one of the reasons it's such an advantage to have a relationship with God. There are times when you can't depend on anyone. It's just you and God. Now, I know that there are some uh, who attend here who don't believe in God, and I would rather you be honest than pretend you do when you really don't. And just so you know, you are so welcome here. I'm glad if that's where you are in your journey that you still choose to be a part of City Church. But make sure you are aware of the implications of what you believe. You see, at crucial times, when others disappoint you, if you do not believe in God, then all you have is you. And there are times when you may not be enough. When your spouse has an affair, all you'll have is you. When your child is diagnosed with cancer, all you have is you. When your job is eliminated, all you'll have is you. When no one takes your side, all you'll have is you. But if there is a God who is our Father, you don't have to go it alone. And that helps calm the chaos. You know, I have a lot of memories of my dad, but two memories that seem especially appropriate in this moment happened to me when I was young. You know, I'm not even sure I could swim. I learned to swim at a fairly early age, but I'm not sure I could swim. But I remember going to the pool in Cameron, Texas, which is just southeast of Waco. And I remember jumping off the high dive into the deep end without fear because my dad was waiting in the water to catch me. 
And he would catch me and throw me over to the side and I'd swim a couple strokes and get up and go again. And we did that time after time because I knew dad was there to catch me. I remember another time when he and I had gone fishing together and just as we were getting ready to start fishing, we were crossing a really narrow bridge to get to the place we were gonna fish and I fell off into the water. And no sooner had I fallen than his arm reached out and he grabbed me and he pulled me back. Things were okay because my dad was there. There are times when you aren't good enough to go it alone. You need a father. And I know that there are some here who don't have great memories of your father. But there is a God who will not fail you. And Jesus knew him as father. And that's why when the disciples failed him, he was able to maintain his confidence in the chaos because he knew he wasn't alone. Thirdly, right after telling the disciples that they would abandon him, he said this, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Now, this is an amazing statement because when Jesus made it, he had not yet died. However, Jesus spoke of his resurrection as though it were a fixed certainty. So how could he have been so certain that he was going to rise from the dead? Well, the New Testament teaches that our salvation based on the death and resurrection of Jesus was determined, and it uses a phrase, before the foundation of the world. And this phrase, before the foundation of the world, is used nine times in the New Testament to refer to eternity past, before anything existed except God himself. In other words, the plan to save us preceded the big bang that made us. And since Jesus, the Son, has existed with the Father from eternity, he knew the resurrection was certain. And he based his future and the future of his disciples on that fundamental truth. And if you believe that Jesus died and rose again to give you life, your future is as secure as he believed his was. Jesus knew nothing in this world is certain. So he based his life on things beyond this world. He built his future and that of his disciples on unchanging eternal truth. And that's how he calmed the chaos and remain confident through it. So let me remind you of what you already know. People are going to disappoint you in this life. So you have to decide what you're going to base your confidence on. Are you gonna base your life on the uncertain things of this world? The First National Banks, Washington, D.C., the Wall Street, your husband, your wife, your kids, yourself, your job, your reputation, your education, your body, your beauty, your bank account, your machoism, or even a church leader. These things 
are too risky. But there is a God who has spoken in his word, who wants to relate to you. He is unchanging truth. And with him, it is possible to live in a way that disappointment doesn't leave you in chaos. And so here's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm asking you to honestly evaluate what you're basing your life on. Nothing in this world is certain, and that's why our confidence has to be based on things beyond this world. And if your life is founded in God, nothing can shake you because nothing can shake him. Would you pray with me? Lord, if we're honest, every one of us knows that even though there's a lot of good times in our lives, there are always those moments that bring us back to reality to remind us that what we depend on in this world isn't certain. And so, Lord, we give you a great honor by saying again that we believe that there is nothing that can shake you. And so, Father, it is our desire to uh, hitch our wagon to yours so that we can handle the disappointment when we're surprised by things that come up in this life. And so, Lord, our prayer today is that you would teach us and give us confidence that can come only from you so that we can face the disappointments that inevitably come our way. I pray this for everyone who is facing various situations in their life right now that are disappointing them. Lord, I pray that you would calm the chaos. And we ask it together in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.